Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. God is purposing to shift some things in 2016, and that's the series that we're starting off this year. We said it's a new year, it's a new you, and it's a new church. Do you realize that you are the church? But when God begins to shift some things in you, it begins to show up in the church, right? You realize if something shifts in your home, it shows up in the entire home, right? And so God's purposing to do some things. And so we're going to kind of just uh, refresh our memories from what we talked about last week. But I asked the question, or uh, well, before I get there, let's just do a little quick review. That way we can kind of uh, find a platform to leap from. You ready to take the leap this morning? Yeah. All right, so we said this, again, that this year there is a shift that has come. And we've actually been saying that God's shifting and moving and doing some things. We talked about that last year. And I know that many of us have begun to feel that. Many of us have begun to feel that in our hearts and our spirit and just really in our flesh. And when we said this in regards to just the New Year's resolution or making changes in our life, I don't believe that God is so much interested in us making huge changes, but he's looking for us to make subtle shifts in alignments and adjustments in our life. In fact, when you think about it, coming into the, the, the new beginning of a year, we start making those resolutions of the changes that we want to make. And most of the time, those changes that we want to make are huge. They're mountainous, right? And the reason so many times we come into the beginning of the year and we say, the change has to be huge is because we're starting to look at the past year and how big the mountain has gotten, right? And God isn't worried about us making huge changes. And if you're trying to make huge changes in your life, you'll fail because, again, it takes a lot of effort to make huge changes. But in the shift, it's just simply a, an alignment and it's an adjustment that God's wanting us to make. Let me share with you once again the definition of what shift is. And it's this, to move or cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. Did you hear that? A small distance, a slight change in position, direction, or tendency. So God isn't looking for us to make these huge changes. He's just looking for us to make a shift. And once again, I said this last week, many times we're looking to God and saying, God, I want this to change in my life. And we're talking about this that we're looking at right here. And we're getting frustrated because... We're not seeing the change that we want, but most of the time it's because God has talked to us back here about a shift that he's wanted us to make. And we've been on this course and this tendency that's been going this way, and we've been talking about this thing over here with God. And God said, well, if you would have made the adjustment or made the shift, just a little bit of a subtle shift, you would have made it to where you wanted to talk to me about. But because you never addressed that back there or made that subtle shift, you're still way over here. And if you would have shifted there, you would have been here. But you realize it's not too late. God wants us to make some alignments and some shifts in our life. We talked about this from the standpoint of when it's this shift that's going on, it causes friction, right? Just the subtle changes in our life begins to create friction. 
If you don't think it creates friction, how many of you know that 30 minutes is not really a big deal? In the course of your entire day, 30 minutes is not a big deal, right? But try to wake your kids up 30 minutes early to go to school. Do you think that 30-minute shift is going to mess with your kids? (laughs) Yep, it is. All right, what about going to bed? My kids are good about getting up and, you know, they jump up, they're ready to go. They just, you know, they're ready to do it. But now if I was to tell them, okay, we're going to bed 30 minutes early. I mean, it'd be the end of the world, right? Just 30 minutes difference. But a little shift makes a big difference and it begins to create friction. We saw this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. It says, for the flesh... Flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Do you see that there is a friction that is taking place? There is the spirit of the man or the heart of the man that wants to do what God is purposing to get our attention in the shift of our life. But our flesh says, I want to do things the way that I've always done it. I want to do things my way. In fact, for that matter, we might be saying, I don't like the results that I'm getting, but I don't want to put the effort into making the shift to see something different. And therefore, there comes the friction in our life. As long as you are serving God, as long as you're a child of God, you will always feel friction in your life because God is always saying, come closer, come closer, come closer. In your flesh is always going to say, well, I want to do my own thing. Have you been feeling that shift this year? Have you been feeling that friction? I can tell you that many have been feeling friction for the last year coming into this year. And it's not something that needs to be changing with God. God's saying, I want you to make some shifts in your life and you'll see the God side show up. You hearing what I'm saying? You've been thinking something's wrong. Because you're feeling the friction. And it's just simply God dealing with our heart. And the more that God deals with our heart and the more that we resist it, it's the friction and the rub that causes us to be uncomfortable and frustrated with where we are in life. Can you say amen? Amen. So what's the shift? We said this last week that I believe the shift that God is Bringing to the church, if you will. Many times people will ask the question, what's God doing this year? You know, when there's a new year, people will say, what's God doing? Well, one of the things that I believe that God is doing and has been doing and dealing with the church is he's bringing judgment to the church. Now, what I mean when I, when I talk about judgment, there's many that will talk about this doom and gloom that God's getting ready to slap the church up silly because he's ready to come back. God already sentenced judgment When man fell, but he sentenced the remedy at the cross. And so everything that we sense or feel now, if it feels as though there's judgment, it's judgment based on the decisions that we've made, right? And so what God is saying, I don't want you to simply continue to live life the way that you've always been doing it. I want you to judge yourself. Remember, we said that it's a new year and it's a new you. So today we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about me. We're going to talk about us. And God's saying, I want you to judge yourself. The Bible says, judge yourself lest you be judged. So what's God saying? He wants us to take inventory. You're feeling the friction. You're feeling the rub. You're feeling the frustration of life. God says, 
start to make some judgments on your own life. Take some inventory. Look from the outside in and begin to say, what do I need to shift in my life? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 he says, you are my brethren, or my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use this freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Did you notice what that said? It said brothers and sisters, so he's talking to the church. He says, you have been called to liberty, or you've been called to freedom. He says, now don't use that freedom just to... Fulfill your flesh. Remember we said that there is a friction from our flesh in our heart. And so it would be real easy to say. Well I'm free in God. I've got the grace of God. I can do whatever I want to do. I can sin if I want to. And God will forgive me. Well that's true. God will forgive you if you ask for forgiveness. But God's not wanting you to use this freedom. Just to live any old way. He says I want you to use this freedom. To really purpose to love me. And love people and love life. He says you are called to freedom. Just like we're called to be mothers or fathers. There's a ministry. I'm called to be a husband. I'm called to be a pastor. And so I have to step into that calling, right? I have a calling on my life. It doesn't happen automatically. I've got to step into that. If the Bible says that you are called to freedom or called to liberty, you've got to step into that freedom. It doesn't just, excuse me, it doesn't just happen automatically, even though it's automatic through the cross. You've got to step into that position. If you've also been called to liberty, have you been feeling the call of liberty calling you? That's why you feel the friction. Because God's saying, I want you to be free. I want you to be free. I want you to experience this. And you're saying, but I'm so bound up. I'm bound in my body. I'm bound in my mind. I'm bound in my finances. God, I'm not free. And freedom is calling you saying, come and be free. Come on, have you been feeling that? Have you been sensing that? Again, that's where friction comes or where we feel the friction There is a call to freedom, therefore we must walk in it. As believers, the Bible says that we're actually called to be free in every area of our lives. We're called to be free in our marriages. I don't mean that you have an open marriage, just for the sake of anybody (laughs) confusing that. To have a free marriage of strife, of division, of confusion. A free marriage that's full of love and peace and contentment. A a, a family and children that are free in their lives. That are not bound to addictions and drugs. They're free. He's wanting us to be free in our minds and our emotions. So that we're not bombarded and carry the weights and the heaviness of life. And the pressures of life. He's wanting us to be free. Again, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail if I can. Trying to stay on track for the sake of time. But on a personal note. Do you realize that there's times that you can get in ruts. And you can be in a rut and not even know it. You can be in a rut concerning your demeanor. Your attitude. Your vocabulary. Your countenance. Even the look on your face and your posture. Can get into a rut and a habit. And you don't even know it. To where you just carry it on you. 
I remember this was about two years ago. I was with my wife. We were at the mall shopping. And I think we were free from the kids. And so you think, well, man, you're free from the kids. You know, you should be feeling good. You're able to shop. And the wife probably just taking me out for a day and, you know, taking me on a date or something. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and I think we, we went upstairs in the mall to get some lunch or whatever. And I'm sitting there waiting and I am just sitting there like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm tired. I just always feel tired. I'm just tired. I don't know why I'm so tired. I'm just tired. And I'm just hurting. I mean, I feel it all over my body. And my wife, she could see it. And oftentimes she'd ask me about it. What's going on with you? I was tired. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I am having exactly what I'm saying. I am having exactly what I'm thinking about and believing about. And in that moment, I said, straighten up. You don't have to be tired. In fact, be strong in Jesus' name. Let the weak say that I'm strong. And I purpose to stand up straighter. I purpose to change my look on my face because I could feel my face was like, poor thing, me. Poor, <laughs> you poor baby. And so I purpose to stand up, change my face. And you know, in the moment, in a second's time, my body felt different. I felt energy come in my body simply because I choose to think differently and talk differently. And it was not, I, I, I stepped out of the rut. Are you here this morning? And so that's where we find ourselves getting. And you're feeling the friction. You're feeling this pressure. And it's because God's saying, get out of the rut. Get free. And this, God's not saying, do it by yourself, dummy. You got yourself in there. Figure it out. No, God's saying, here's my hand. Come on. I'm calling you to liberty. I'm calling you to freedom. Come on. Amen. And God wants us to begin to experience that. Now, to paint an example of this freedom that God's called us to, I want to draw our attention to the children of Israel when they were in bondage to Egypt. And if you will, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. And we'll start in verse 1. Now, here's something that we've got to... Be very mindful of as we read this story. Obviously this is historical. It's something that did happen. It's something that happened to God's people. God prophesied or foretold that it would happen. But in it the Bible tells us that it is a foreshadow of what is to come. In fact what it really represents. It represents what God would do through Jesus setting his people free or his church free or his children free right and so obviously you know the story that the children of Israel have been enslaved for 400 years and God raised up a man by the name of Moses and he says I want you to go set my people free and then Moses did what I did God I'm tired God I'm not worthy I can't talk right send somebody else Right? And God says, straighten yourself up. Talk right. He says, I'll give you somebody to help you talk. I'll give you help. He says, but I've chosen you to set my people free. And so in Exodus chapter 10, starting in verse 1, Moses had already gone to Pharaoh and had said, set God's people free. God's giving you some direction. 
He wants you to let Israel go. And it says, now the Lord, in verse 1, now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. Now let's stop there for just a minute. Because many times when we read those scriptures, it's hidden to us as to really what's taking place. Because we would say there, you mean God hardened the heart of Pharaoh? And therefore it's because God made his heart hard that he didn't let his people go? No, that's not what it means. Because if he did that, that would be unfair and it would be uncharacteristic of the personality and the character of God. What God had done in the past... And what God had instructed him in doing, it says as a result, he hardened his heart himself and God permitted it. And as a result of him hardening his heart to what God had instructed him to do, it calls God to say, as a result of his hard heart, there will be a display of my power and of my love. And it will prove that even his hard heart can't withstand me. All right? So let's understand that because, again, you might say, well, God's doing this to me. No, God's never done anything bad to you. He's never made you sick. He's never made you poor. He's never made you ugly. Amen. Amen. All right. I've wrestled with God about that at times. I'm like, God, listen, they're not that handsome looking. But Anyways, sometimes my personality comes out. I got to, yeah. All right, let's get spiritual again. All right, verse 3. Verse 3, it said, So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Verse 4, Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. So let's stop there for just a minute. Did you notice it says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened? But did you see why or the cause of it? It says that he refused to humble himself. So the real cause of his heart being hardened was pride. Right? And he says, listen, if you let my people go, I'll let you go. But if you don't, something's going to happen. So here's the thing. God is fair. He's a fair God. And God is never up there getting ready to slap you upside the head and say, I'm getting ready to judge you. I'm getting ready to sentence you to some punishment right now. No, God told Pharaoh what was going to happen. And he gave him choice and chance after chance after chance after chance. It shows the love and the character of God of how gracious God is. And God says, I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen if you don't listen. Are you here this morning? I mean, come on, God has given us in his word instruction after instruction of how to live a blessed and prosperous life. And so many times we say, well, God, it's unfair. How come they're so blessed? It's because they're living by the word of God. Well, how come I'm not? Because you're not listening to the word of God. And so therefore, what you see in your life is a result Not a judgment of God. It's a result or the fruit of what you've purposed to sow. Whether it be obedience or disobedience, right? Let's make it real practical. Now, I like doing carpentry. But if I just purpose to to miss the nail with my hammer and hit my thumb time after time after time. And I look at my wife and say, look at my thumb. 
It is flat as a pancake. I have no fingernail. It's bleeding all over the place. Look what God did to me. Isn't that foolish? But that's what we do in life when we refuse to say, God, I'm not going to listen to you. God, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And we say, well, God, how come this is happening? Why are you doing this, God? It's because a condition of the heart. All right, let's pick back up in verse 12. Verse 12. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So the hail was already one plague. Here comes another one. Verse 13. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind uh, on the land. And all that, day, all that day and all that night, when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. All right? So obviously, Pharaoh did not heed what God had said. So isn't this a perfect example Of what God's wanting us to shift in our life. To make a judgment of ourselves. Pharaoh was a descendant of the Pharaohs before him. He inherited this stuff. And God chose him to be the one that would change the story. That would change history. And so as a result, God spoke to Pharaoh and said, Listen, I want you to soften your heart. I want you to hear me, and I want you to set my people free. And it was Pharaoh's pride that caused him to not heed the voice of God. It was his pride to refuse to listen or make a shift that caused the consequences to come. Can you say amen? Does it sound like anything like our own personal lives? All right. So when we look at the children of Israel, when God set them free or the whole purpose of him setting them free, as we advance fast forward to the end where Israel actually was set free, the Bible says that Egypt gave them all the gold, so they left with wealth. They were rich. Did you hear me? I said they were rich. Now for the religious bunch in here, let me say that again. They were rich. All right, when God set them free, they had no lack. The Bible says that when they left, there was no feeble or no sick among them. So therefore, we have been set free from our slavery of bondage. We're not getting beat up. We're not having hard labor anymore. We are richer than our wildest dreams. I am healthier in my body. I don't have that sickness in my body anymore. They left Egypt... How do you think their, or what do you think their countenance was? Do you think that they had their money bags and their pockets full of of riches and their physical health and they walked out with their lip dragging, I'm so depressed, I'm so tired, I just don't feel it. No, they're free. So everything about them got out of the rut. They were free emotionally because they're not sick anymore. They're free emotionally because they're not slaves anymore. They're free emotionally because they're not poor anymore. They're free. Every aspect 
of that story is a representation of what Jesus did for us when we received him into our life. We have become free. And God says, if you're not experiencing it, make the shift. Make the shift. You look at somebody else's prospering in their life or they're increasing and you feel the friction and you feel the rub. Why? Because God's saying, I want to do that for you too. Well, I want to feel sorry for myself. I'm tired, God. No, hush it up. Say, God, if you bless them, you'll bless me. I'm in the same line. If you healed them, you'll heal me because I'm in the same line. If you healed their emotions, you'll heal my emotions because I'm in the same line. I'm a child of God. Make the shift. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, so continuing with this again, I'm skipping a little bit here. But in verse 16 of Exodus, chapter 10, once again, just going down a couple more verses. It says, then Pharaoh, the locusts had come, devoured everything. There's nothing remaining. The land's a waste. Verse 16, it says, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and says, I have sinned against the Lord, your God, and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sins at uh, only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. Verse 18, so he went out and from Pharaoh, he entreated the Lord. All right, Pharaoh had a shift in his heart. I said, Pharaoh had a shift in his heart because of the calamity that he faced. How many calamities are we going to have to go through in life before we say, okay, God, I'll make the shift. And see, you're thinking it's huge. You're thinking it's a big change. And God's just saying, make the subtle alignment. It's just a small move. Just make the shift. And God says, watch what happens. Amen? Now, I want to bring your attention to what it says here in Exodus chapter 10, verse 19 from the New Living Translation. Now, this wasn't the last time that God had to talk to Pharaoh. Because the moment that Pharaoh said, all right, I give up. Forgive me of my sins. I'll let your people go. The Bible says that his pride rose up again and says, no, I changed my mind. He did that time and time and time and time again. And do you think God knew before he was even going to say, I I renege on my promise? Sure he did. He knew that Pharaoh was going to change his mind. But look at how God responds to somebody that makes a shift. He repented and said, entreat your God to forgive me. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 19, the Lord responded by shifting. Everybody say shift. The Lord responded by shifting the wind and the strong west wind blew the locusts into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all of the land of Egypt. When you say, God, I will make the shift. God says, here comes the wind and blows all the junk away. You may say, well, what if I make a mistake? Pharaoh made mistake after mistake after mistake. He went back to his hardened heart. He went back to his pride time and time and time again. But every time he made the shift, God responded. You've got some junk going on in your life. God says, just make a shift and let me blow it away. And notice what God says. There wasn't one locust in the land of Egypt. You're afraid about the residue that might be left behind. You've struggled with addictions in, in the past. And you say, well, but what if? But what if? No, sh- make the shift. Surrender to God and let God blow all the addiction habits and all the desires away. Yeah, 
Don't not, not even have to have a trace of that feeling of that confusion or that pull on your body. Simply saying, God, I purpose to receive what you've come to do. I'm called to freedom. I'm called to liberty. I'm called to walk in this. Make a shift. Amen? How did Pharaoh make a shift? He simply, simply humbled himself before God. And the shift happened. But there became a rub. The moment that he made the shift, the rub came. The friction came. What was the friction? God says, here's what I want you to do. But then his pride started rising back up again. Right? Well, God, I don't want to lose control. God, I want to do things my way. I don't want to lose what I have. I don't want to make some changes because I don't know what the result will be. Come on, does that sound like you? Does it sound like me? Sure it does. God consistently is wanting us to shift, but we don't want to let go of what we have. We don't want to turn loose of control. We don't want to turn loose of what we think feels good or looks good. To say, God, I'll give it to you to truly experience freedom like you desire. Amen? And once again, we see Pharaoh's pride was what caused it to come back. He didn't want to surrender. But once again, the heart of God appealed to Pharaoh many times. You can't outrun God's love. You can't outrun God's forgiveness. You can't mess up one too many times. If you've been feeling friction, if you've been feeling unsettledness in your heart, it's because God's saying, I want you to shift. You may feel like, I messed up. God, I'm too far out. I just need to make a shift. And let, me, let me just share this with you. Many, th- many times we think we need an external change to help God out. It's an internal shift that will cause the external thing to line up. Does that make sense? Well, what if I just go somewhere else? What if I just, what if I just, I, you know what? I've heard you talking to me, Jordan. And I, I know, you, you know, she's been giving you a hard time, but getting a new wife is not the answer. I'm just messing with her. Many times I think, well, if I just got a new spouse, everything would be okay. In fact, I got my eye on one. And surely they would be better than the one that I have. Oh, yeah? Just wait. Well, what if I just got a new job? What if I just got a job out of state? Well, you might miss God if you go out of state for trying to make a buck. What if I just need a new church? I just need a new whatever. You might make the biggest mistake of your life because God is purposing to cause you to shift on the inside, but you think it's an external thing. Amen? All right. So what has God been talking to you about? God's been talking to us all about judging ourselves. I know he's been talking to you. What has that been sounding like? Has there been a consistent gnawing on the inside of, in the inside of you? Has there been an unsettledness? Has there been a desire for shift? Maybe you don't like the present circumstance that you're in. Once again, it's not God's judgment. He's looking for you to make a decision. If you think about it, we see Pharaoh having a heart of pride 
that wanted to do his, his own thing. You see, a people that got set free, even though they were set free from Egypt, and they left Egypt, Egypt never left them. They had been so suppressed all their life that they got used to it. Many of you that are here, you might be so sick and tired of being sick and tired. But unless you make a shift, you will continue the same cycle of what you've always, always experienced. They left Israel being healthy and whole, prosperous, having every need met, having their freedom. God taking care of every need at every turn. He was leading them to the promised land. It was an 11-day journey, and it took them 40 years. How hard-headed can you be? I don't know if you know anything about horses, but I grew up having horses, and we do like rides across Michigan. And a good, solid ride for a horse was 30 miles a day, give or take. That's for a horse. So God said it was only an 11-day journey. So put that into this walking pace. What would that mean? Oh, maybe 10 miles a day? And it was an 11-day journey? So in other words, roughly 100 miles, it took them 40 years. Why? Because they kept saying, wasn't it better? Why don't we go back to the old life? See, what you don't realize, moms and dads, is that if you refuse to make shifts when God's talking to you and you live a life of frustration and you feel that constant turmoil on the inside of the friction and just the unsettledness and just so frustrated with life because we refuse to respond to God's simple nudge, what do we do? We pass that on to the next generation. It was in Pharaoh, but it was in the children of Israel. Even though they were free, they continued the cycle of living a life of frustration. I don't want that for my kids. What about you? Like I said, I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Because I realize there's things in my life that I got ruts. That I got both feet in. There's some areas in my life that I got one foot in and one foot out. There's areas where I'm totally free and I'm standing out looking in. But I'm standing real close to the slippery edge. And it's muddy. And you know how muddy muddy edges get slippery. And if I'm not careful, I'll slip back in. Come on, you, you here this morning. All of us are in those positions. What do you choose? Will you choose to make a judgment call? To judge yourself? Will we judge ourselves and truly begin to experience God's goodness and the freedom that He desires for our life? Now, once again, here's some areas that I know that God is dealing with all of us about. There's a calling. You're called to be free. And you might hear that call saying, why don't you come to church more faithfully on Sunday morning? And that might be where the call begins for you right now. Maybe you're faithful already in that. And God's saying, there's a calling for you to come on Wednesday night because there's more that I want you to experience. You might say, well, I'm good with that. And then therefore you start hearing the call, be free. And it sounds like, come read your Bible. 
come pray and talk to me. And you might hear this call that says, you want to be free financially? The call is, be a tither. And you're saying, well, that's all about you, pastor. That's all benefits you. No, it has nothing to do about benefiting me. It's all about benefiting you. Do I want you to come on church faithfully just so that we can say, hey, we had a full house. No, I want you to get everything that God has for you so that you can shift in your life to be free. I want you to come out on Wednesday night to where you can get in deeper to worship God and really dig into the Word of God so that the Word of God changes your life. I want you to be free. I want you to be free from all those things that pull you in your life and say, God, I surrender to you. I want you to be free to be a tither so that you can say, God, I'm faithful to you. I'm not prideful enough to say, God, I'm going to rob from you. And therefore, because you are the one that's the giver, as I give my tithe, you will bless my home. Come on, are you hearing the call? Maybe the call is get involved in church to serve somewhere. I hear it all the time. I think God's just been stirring my heart to serve. You're going to keep feeling that scratch. You're going to keep feeling that gnaw until you say, okay, God, I surrender. Maybe God's saying, I want you to walk in love. I want you to stop being hard-headed. This is one of those areas that God tends to deal with me most. I want you to be a little more nicer. Treat your wife better. Walk a little more in love. I'm going to hear this just so you know. I'm, on, I'm going on record. Because she'll say, well, you know, I heard, did you hear what the preacher said today? <laughs> I'm going to go get that recording so you can listen to that again. Listen, I'm well aware of what I say up here. And I'm well aware that it's going to come back and haunt me and bite me somewhere. But I realize that I've got to make some shifts. Right? If you're saying that there's a rub, you just got to make a shift. Matthew chapter 6. We shared it last week, but it says this. When the the disciples said, will you teach us how to pray? He responded by saying, why don't you just come and spend time with me? Find a quiet place. And then it says, the focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense God's grace. Listen, can I just be real real with you right now? Why do we live life without God's grace? Talking to me. I know there's times where I just live life without God's grace working, His power. So I'm asking you, why do you live life without God's grace? Why do you choose To just be prideful. Why do you choose to do it your way? I guess it's what being human is all about, right? But God's saying, will you make a shift? Will you allow my grace to help you? Because I've called you to be free in every area of life. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed.
I know that there's been a friction and a pull and a stirring on the inside of all of us here in this place. I want to just ask you to swallow your pride to say God I'll be humble before you I'll be humble before my church I'll be humble before my pastor and say I've been feeling the frustration on the inside and I'm ready to make a shift remember that shift is just a subtle shift and in the shift that he's asking you to make he says I'll give you the grace to do it Are you ready? Are you ready to make that shift? Will you acknowledge it right now? If that's you and you say, I want to make the shift, will you raise your hand with me? I've got both my hands raised. Are you making the shift? Once you put them up, you can put them back down. For those of you that raised your hands and Even those of you that didn't, I'm going to pray for you. Because I know that God's making a call for us to be free and make a shift. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's here in this place. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for loving us enough. To continue to pull us and call us to be free. God thank you that even every time we. Get back into the old ruts. And get back into the old ways. Or just purpose to be prideful. And choose to do our own thing. God I thank you that you're still pulling us. To be free. And to experience it. God I ask you that you would help us. By your grace and by your strength. By your love and your power. To help us make that shift this year to step closer to come closer to you in Jesus name I thank you that it's a new year it's a new us it's a new church God you're moving and God there is revival and the spirit of God is moving and hitting this place now and in the days ahead In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I use just about all of my time right up to the end. They all love it when I do that. I know you do too, right? So praise God, I'm going to let you go. Remember tonight, or not tonight, uh, Wednesday night, 6.30 is our Wednesday service. And uh, Sunday, the following Sunday, we'll be right back here as well. So I'm going to let you go. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you next time. All right. God bless you. media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. 
We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.